Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Bay Area Panthers pod. Part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Where you'll find analysis, news, notes, and more about the Bay Area Panthers of the Indoor Football League. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Grandy and Evan Giddings. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into episode 17 of the Bay Area Panthers pod. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you as always. You'll be hearing from president of the Bay Area Panthers, Scott McKibben, in just a little bit. But Mark, as we embark on our 17th episode, by the way, you can go watch and listen, pardon me, listen to all the previous ones on the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Coming off of a, a loss on the road trip, third straight loss for the Panthers on the road trip. They have lost 13 in a row, this time 65-33 to fashion, a game in which the Panthers were within 10 in the third quarter before it got away from them. Somewhat of a similar script to a few of their previous losses, but a much better effort this week than the prior two as they finish off the road stand and they come back home. Two more Saturday dates left in the season both at SAP Center July 9th, July 16th. You can find tickets at barriapanthers.com backslash tickets. What were your takeaways from a battle down in the desert against a team that they had faced here at home and then went on the road? Uh, the scores are similar, but the game's very different from my perspective. Yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned at the top, Evan, uh, it was a slow start. Bay Area kind of fought in the middle half of that game. But things in the first quarter and the fourth quarter were really tough. It was 14-0 Vegas in that first quarter. We've seen the Panthers, you know, have some slow starts offensively. But for a team with only one win, Evan, I think they've actually gotten off to better starts, at least offensively, than you might suspect for a team that's 1-13. But that was not the case this past weekend in Vegas. They were shut out in the first quarter. They were down 14-0 after the first quarter. But they bounce back, and they win the second quarter. They get into the end zone twice. Vegas does score twice, one field goal and one touchdown. So only a a three-point advantage for Bay Area in that second quarter. But you get back within, you know, 11 points right around there at halftime, and it's anyone's ball game. Uh, you lose the third quarter, although you were competitive in that one, 14-8 to eight in favor of Vegas, and then the wheels kind of fall off in the fourth quarter. Vegas scores 27 points in that fourth quarter. 
the Panthers did score a couple of times, but when the defense is allowing 27 points and you're already down by double digits, you give up 27 and, and there's no chance that you're going to come back and win that game. So really it was the first quarter and the fourth quarter. In those middle two quarters, Evan, the Panthers were only outscored by three. Now, obviously, if you know the bright side is the middle two quarters, you were only outscored by three. It means it was a blowout, as it was, 65-33. to 33. But again, you know, I really do sound like a broken record. I feel like we've mentioned this at least once in the first 16 episodes. Maybe not the first one, because that was, you know, before the season. But all the others, there's been moments of, of pretty good football from this Panthers team. But the vast majority has been long, you know, periods of time of struggles. And that's what the first and fourth quarter were in Vegas. 14-0 in the first, 27-12 in the fourth. There were positives throughout. Dwayne Gary was phenomenal, had a couple of touchdown runs, also had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, we got to see, you know, the backup quarterback, Isaac Hurd, and he seemed, you know, to be calm and, and threw the ball pretty well in limited action at the quarterback position. There are certainly positives, but uh, you can't look past that 65-33 to 33 final score. Yeah, absolutely got to throw Isaiah Thomas also in there, who kind of had a a big breakout game since joining the team about a month ago. Two touchdown catches among his four receptions for 70 yards, a team high. You know, but for me, it just just simply came down to Vegas being able to extend drives and Bay Area, unfortunately, not being able to put many together. You know, they've sort of relied on explosive plays throughout this season, and they didn't have enough to combat Vegas, who... On third down, 8 of 11, 1 for 1 on fourth down. They scored 9 of 10 times that they were in the the green zone, so we call in the IFL. Meanwhile, the Panthers, 0 of 3 on third downs, 0 of of 1 on fourth down. They did get in three of their four times, but of course, when you're not putting together sustainable and long drives, it's going to be difficult to get in that green zone, and they just weren't able to overcome also a time of possession that was pretty much 2 to 1. So, you know, even though there were some things that stood out, and definitely want to give credit to Isaiah Thomas, as well as Isaac Hurd, who was three for four. After finally getting a chance to see him, that was something that I was interested in because we had heard about Isaac Hurd a couple of weeks back when Espinoza sort of had to take over as the starter. Uh, Joe Newman officially going on season-ending IR. Yeah, you were excited. We were excited. I mean, so was Coach Kurt Bryan. I mean, he told us about him last week. He was excited to finally see him in game action. He's told us that a couple of times, but the way games have gone, he didn't really have a chance to get him in for an extended period, but we finally saw it this weekend. Well, we may get to see him this upcoming weekend when the Barry Panthers take on the Massachusetts Pirates, the defending IFL champions, and we're going to get to them on the other side of this interview with the Barry Panthers President Scott McKibben was kind enough to join us for about 15 minutes. Unfortunately, uh, Mark couldn't make it, so I was able to do it with Scott. And here's what he had to say. We got into a lot of different things, including where the team's headed, where the team has been, what he would have done differently, and what he wants to see in these final two weeks at home at the SAP Center for the Panthers. Here it is, Scott McKibben on Episode 17 of the Bay Area Panthers Pod. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into the Bay Area Panthers pod. Evan Giddings with you. Pleased to be joined by president of the Bay Area Panthers, none other than Scott McKibben. Scott, you got me all to yourself today. I appreciate you coming on the pod. And how are you doing? Well, first of all, thanks for uh, taking the time to invite me. Uh, I'm doing fine. I can't complain any. Um, all's well. We'd like to, you know, have a couple more victories in our in our bag. But other than that, uh, all is well. 
Well, obviously, the, you know, the record currently stands at 1-13. You mentioned, obviously, not ideal. But, you know, at, at this point in the season, we, we talked to, to Kurt Bryan, head coach, last week a little bit about, you know, the process of continually looking at guys to, to come onto the roster. It seems to be somewhat of a, a never-ending search, especially with the amount of unfortunate injuries that have fallen upon your group. Uh, but what's that been like from a front office perspective? What's the process like of trying to you know, sort of rebuild the puzzle while sometimes it falls apart in the middle of the season? Well, you're right. It has been a challenge. Um, I, I think uh, you need to go back a bit in time and just recall that we didn't really announce that we were coming um, and, and had our contract signed until August 19th of last year. So, you know, we were well, through no fault of anybody's, we were, we were pretty far behind the curve in terms of reaching out and being able to recruit the kind of athletes that perhaps we could have gotten had we had more time. Um, this year, uh, you know, is a typical first year. Um, you know, we were disappointed. You know, I, I will be quite candid about that. We, we'd like to, you know, be in a better position than we are, but it's not from a lack of effort. Uh, you're right. We have, we have had some injuries, but then again, we are in a business where it's next man up. And, um, and so we'd like to use this opportunity, and Coach Brian and I talk about this a lot, and that is we need to take a long, hard look at you know, the, the roster we have, the players, um, where are we strong? Where do we need some improvement? But at the same time, we need to also be looking outside what's going on at other places in the league. And when open recruiting and open signing starts, we will be in a better position than we were a year ago. So we hope to optimize our opportunity there. Well, building off of that and understanding the difficult path that you laid out from August of last year to now, how would you evaluate this season, whether it be, you know, from goals that you set at the beginning, um, you know, how how would you go about evaluating where this team is and where it's going? Well, you know, like I said, it has been disappointing, but I think that we have learned a lot. Um. You know, we, we have found out how difficult it is to bring a group of guys in who have never played together. You know, you bring in a roster, and while as individual athletes, uh, they might be very solid, they've never played together. They, they, we had a lack of a number of veterans on the squad, and, you know, this is a league, like any league for that matter, where having a nice mix of veterans gives you leadership in your locker room. Um, that's an area that we hope to, to improve on. You know, in terms of the business, um, you know, we're happy with where we are on our, on our sponsorship. Uh, we have Mary West as our presenting sponsor. Um, ticket sales has not been as strong as we would have liked, but keep in mind we're in California. It's more challenging here. If you call, when we first started, uh, buildings required vaccinations and boosters and masks, and then the building went entirely from being able to have a paper ticket to everything now needing to be digital. So we have had some challenges that we've had to deal with, not unlike any other team in the country, but California was much more difficult as it related to its reaction to the pandemic. Um, 
So all in all, it's it's been a learning year for us. Uh, we, we certainly think that we're going to be better next year on multiple fronts. And, uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we take all the right steps forward. Well, you've had a couple of weeks off since the last home game, June 4th, until this upcoming Saturday, July 9th. So three and a bye week, but practically you know, a month to essentially figure out maybe some of those things that you're talking about uh, as far as the home field is concerned i'm curious what it's like for you when the team is on the road you know are, are you with them all the time what what is your focus when the team goes on essentially a month hiatus between home games well when i travel like this past weekend to vegas uh i sit on the bus with the guys i sit on the airplane with the guys we sit in the coffee shop with the guys <laughs> and uh you know you you, you travel uh, you know you're all teammates you're all in this together right um, this is our first home game in a while. We are expecting a couple of good crowds for these last two games. Um, ticket sales look to be encouragingly better. Of course, we're in the summer. Kids are off of school. It's a Saturday night. Um, so, you know, we've got a few things working for us uh, in that regard. We've also been successful. You know, we've had a couple of watch parties for a, for a team in its first year to have been able to establish a partner downtown, the social club in downtown San Jose, and be able to actually host watch parties while we're on away games. Um, you know, that's that's quite an accomplishment considering, you know, we've only been playing for, you know, three months. So we're, we're pleased with the fact that the fans have been good. They've accepted us. Um, and obviously we're hoping that we can throw a couple of strong performances at them in the next coming weeks. You know, we've got the defending IFL champions coming to town Saturday night, the Massachusetts Pirates, uh, and they are having another very good season. So this should be a good game with a lot of real quality football. And again, that's July 9th, the Saturday, 6.05 kick at the SAP Center. Two more opportunities to see the Panthers head over to Panthers com backslash tickets to get yours today. Scott, with us here, Scott McKibben, president of the Bay Area Panthers here on episode 17 of the Bay Area Panthers pod. What other sort of promotions, I know you guys have had or been able to, you know, sort of use a versatile method of, of promotions. You mentioned a leading sponsor earlier. Um, what, what kind of promotional opportunities can fans expect out of SAP Center for these last two games this season? Well, we've got a, a, a giveaway. We've got um, some more of the Marshawn Lynch bobblehead giveaways. We've got about a 1,000 of them that we're going to give away. We're bringing it back. It is so popular um, that we're bringing it back for, um, for the last game. And, um, you know, we have done some other really nice giveaways throughout the season. We've had uh, a lot of interaction with our season ticket holders where we provided every one of them a Founders Club T-shirt and a pin and a number of other things. We're, we're really working hard to stay close to our ticket holders, both season ticket holders and individual ticket holders. Um, we believe that without the pandemic issues and with now everybody becoming much more accustomed to having to do everything digitally, 
on their phone to get into the building and, and to buy concession goods and so on, that next season will be a much smoother, much more productive year for us on that front. Absolutely, and we certainly hope so. Talking a little bit about that, I know that you know you still have two home games left. You still have two games left that you hope to win and finish the season strong with. But as you kind of alluded to, you have to take a look at the off season as well. And you know, I'm curious what what does an off season look like for you and the team, having an abbreviated one last year and now getting more of a full opportunity to step into that. Well, it starts with a lot of film looking at the guys, a lot of discussion and interaction on the coaching staff about what are our needs, what are the priorities for our needs. Uh, there's a lot of conversation over who are the, the particular players that you most certainly want to re-sign and bring back for next year. And then you're looking around the league at who might be recruitable and available to fill a key need that you have that when open recruiting season starts in October, October 1, where you can, you can actually start signing players from another team that have not signed there, that's what we spend a lot of time on. But it all comes down to where are your biggest needs, who do you have that can fill that, or where do you go to fill that? Um, and we will spend an awful lot of time assessing that right from July 17th, our first game, or our last game, excuse me, is the 16th. We'll play on the 17th, and, and we'll start looking at all the film. We'll start evaluating what's out there. We'll get as many of our guys that we absolutely need and want to have signed on our current roster for next year, and then we will start taking a look at, you know, the old free agency business, what's out there that we can fill and, and sign. It sounds like you've thought a lot about, or have I should say have learned a lot from this season, even if the win-loss record hasn't been where you've wanted it to be. And I know personally, I've learned a lot about the IFL, past to success, even some of the business side that yourself and others in the Panthers organization have allowed me to sort of peel back the curtain. But I'm curious, you know, having taken what you said, if you could go back to the beginning of the season what advice would you give yourself that you know may have helped sp- accelerated some of those processes that you mentioned? More veterans. We would have we would have gone after more guys who have played in the league, understand the league, the pace at which the game is played in this league. Um, they could have provided the kind of leadership and example role modeling that we needed with a lot of younger players in our locker room who had not played together yet. Um, Secondly, I think we probably would have taken a little closer look at key areas and key players where teammates had actually played together um, so that not everybody was coming from somewhere else. You might have a quarterback who has gotten a couple of wide receivers that he's played with. Can you get that combo? Can you get two offensive linemen who have played together in the past so that you can bring some level of continuity and fluidity to your offense and your defense um, that is hard to get when all you're doing is bringing and recruiting and signing 
25 guys who've come from 25 different places and have never, ever played together before. So, you know, in summation, more veterans, and we would have tried to find maybe more players where guys in ones or twos have played together before in the past. Well, it sounds like that's going to be hopefully a goal that can aid the organization can aid the win-loss record, can aid everything about the Barrier Panthers moving into next season. But my, my last question for you, Scott, in looking at these last two home games, you mentioned, obviously, the defending IFL champs in Massachusetts coming into town this weekend. You got Tucson coming into town the Saturday after that, a team that they've that the Panthers have played before. What are you looking to, in these final two weeks, what are you looking for from this group Outside of the wins and losses, what are you hoping for? Two things that I'm looking for when I sit down the next two Saturday nights from my perspective. Improvement and who played hard to the very end. Who didn't quit. It's easy to lay down when you're 1-13. I want to know who's going to stand up and be accounted for. And the other thing is, um, you know, we just want to make sure that no matter what the outcome of the game might be, in some way did we show some level of improvement from what we've done in the past. Those are the things we're watching for. And those are certainly things that we hope come to fruition these next two Saturdays. Scott McKibben, president of the Bay Area Panthers, thank you so much for coming on the Bay Area Panthers pod. Thank you for all you've done for us as the radio partner shared 95.7 The Game this season for what you've done for myself personally, as well as my broadcast partner, Mark Grandy. I always look forward to catching up with you at the games, and I'm glad that you were able to make time out of your day to come on the pod and share everything you did throughout these last 15 minutes with the fans. Thank you. Well, thank you. And 95.7 The Game, we feel the same way about the partnership. You guys are are absolutely exceptional, so thank you. All right, Scott, take it easy. I'll see you yeah, on Saturday. Bye now. All right. And so that was president of the Bay Area Panthers, Scott McKibben, kind enough to join us for about 15 minutes here on episode 17 of the Bay Area Panthers pod. Also want to remind you, of course, every single episode you can find on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network and also head to barriapanthers.com backslash tickets to get yours for the final two opportunities of the 2022 and inaugural season for the Bay Area Panthers. But a couple of things that, that, that I took away from that, Mark, kind of revolved around those last two answers for Scott. And I totally understand some of the disappointment, frustration that comes with a first season. Obviously, you're not expecting to be 1-13, but you know it didn't sound like he was necessarily expecting just to run away and win the championship in the first season. This was going to be a process from the beginning. And something he also mentioned was the initial setback that they had due to the pandemic. They weren't able to really get going as a franchise until sort of later in August beginning of September, and that affected, of course, the recruiting, of course, the players that you have on the team, the formation of the roster, which is what we see on the field and what, which is what has struggled this season, which kind of leads into what he took away from this season and what he would have told himself if he had the chance to go back and sort of restructure things. And it comes down to two things. It comes down to veterans, those that have experience in the IFL, and it comes down to maybe a little more descriptively, players that have played together, cohesion, chemistry, and veterans. That is, in his mind, what wins in the IFL, 
after what we've seen, Mark, over the course of this season, I can't refute that. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's on the money here. And, you know, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The way that this season and, and, you know, the franchise history has gone for the Panthers, it's, you know, short history this is their first season but they were originally supposed to start in this league in 2020 and then as you mentioned you know the pandemic happened they didn't play in 2020 california state law did not allow them to play in 2021 so while you know they were you know itching to finally get games played and that happened this year um it did give the panthers some time to kind of get things straight with their franchise now obviously you want to play and and you want to get going just think if the panthers played in 2020 they played in 2021 how would the team be different in 2022 certainly this team would have learned those sorts of lessons those years and you could you know extrapolate out and this team would be more successful this year i think that's a very very likely scenario when you look to the future now two years down the road this is going to be a much different team and i'm sure a much more successful team so you, you, you take you know those lessons and, and how that impacts the way you move in the future, and suddenly you know it, it's a very different team. I will say one thing though that I think um, is revealing about that answer that you know might not come to mind immediately. It's in your first season. The biggest takeaway, the biggest thing you can do to improve this franchise is about roster building. It's about players. It's about, you know, putting just a better team together on the field. And I think that confirms, Evan, what, you know, we've kind of observed and what everyone within the organization has told us, players included, which is that this is, you know, for an IFL franchise, this is a really well-run franchise. They have things set up well internally. They they do right by their by their players they you know provide them housing with with great meals you know not just you know you know cheap fast food you know it's it's high quality food it's high quality living it's that's part of this organization is already 100 percent right or at least from what we can tell it seems like it is and if the biggest takeaway for the team through basically their first on-field year 
is about roster building, well, ultimately, you do want to be great on the field. The good news is they're already good off the field. And if the biggest pressing issue right now is the roster and how players fit together, ultimately, I think it's a relatively good problem to have as opposed to what the other problems could be. Yeah, and, and we're kind of diving into it. But as far as the philosophy that, that's in the process that seems to be set, I mean, that is something that that is integral to any successful franchise over a long period of time. Just for example, like I remember Pete Carroll talking about with the Seahawks when he got there, and he kind of passed this along even to Steve Kerr when Steve Kerr came to Golden State, was that the first thing you need to do is establish whatever your philosophy is. And and from what we've heard from both Scott McKibben and even Roy Choi to an extent who's come on the pod this season, as well as Scott McKibben, who you just heard in that interview, like they all seem to be aligned in similar philosophies. And even though it, it kind of sounds simple, that's not always easy to do and it's not easy to implement to a 21 25 man roster especially when you're you know kind of down in the dumps you've lost 13 straight the season you've been mathematically eliminated from the postseason it hasn't gone the way you've wanted to but to your point I think that a lot of those behind the scenes processes won't necessarily change and and to a lot of fans that may sound strange like they're going to reevaluate how they look at players how they, like you mentioned, they build rosters. But as far as how they treat the players, how they groom the players, how they think about what their players are going to be able to do after mm-hmm. they're done playing with their careers, that's something that we've touched on throughout the pod. Like, all that stuff doesn't change. And so I'm, I'm impressed to see, well, I'm impressed by what they've been able to continue through this season, and hopefully we'll be impressed to where it goes. Also, another note we need to, to mention, as far as Joe Newman going down on the season-ending IR also got word that DJ Calhoun has joined that list for the Bay Area Panthers after sustaining an injury this past weekend against Vegas. He's, of course, he was Mark's MVP pick midway through the season. He's my defensive player of the year midway through the year. He's a big part of this team that they're not going to have for the last two games. And I believe that brings their total of, of 10 to the season-ending IR, which is more than double what other teams this season have suffered a note from Kurt Bryan he sent to me last week was, you know, the current IFL average of teams with players on the season-ending IR is 3.9. So to put that in perspective, how many players they have missed, and that also contributes to the cohesion and chemistry that Scott is talking about trying to acquire. Like, some of these things are unforeseen, and he didn't make an excuse with the injuries, but that's also a note that I wanted to share just because it, it kind of puts into perspective both how difficult it's been on as well as off the field this year. Yeah, and one other name to add to that list, Adam Sheffield officially on season-ending IR as well. He hasn't played since early June. He was placed on short-term IR on June 5th. Just uh, yesterday, at the time of recording, the 5th of July officially um, moved over to season-ending IR. That's obviously... You know, bad news, and we hope Adam Sheffield is able to heal up, and all those players are able to heal up as well. And you know, I wanted to get into this, so I'm glad you brought it up. You just look at the players, Evan, that are on season-ending IR. I mean, you could legitimately put together a decent team, offense and defense, with just the guys that are on season-ending IR. You have your quarterback, Joe Newman. You have multiple offensive linemen, Adam Sheffield, and also Marcus Owens. If you remember Owens from 
way back. Didn't even get to see him this year. Didn't even get to see him this year. Hasn't played all season. He was expected to be a starter on the offensive line. You have a running back in Gabe Watson who we didn't get to see. Uh, He was signed mid-season and kind of a freak incident uh, in warm-ups before a practice tore a ligament in his hand and unfortunately did not suit up at all. You have a wide receiver in Justin Holmes who we heard great things about who didn't really get to see all this year. That's on offense. And then on defense, you have... Defensive lineman Boss Tagaloa, who we saw for the first couple of months of the season, but haven't seen since then. He also was just relatively recently officially put on season-ending IR. You have linebacker DJ Calhoun, who, as you mentioned, we both picked as one of the most important players on this team all season long. And you have, perhaps heading into the season, your two best defensive backs, Rayshon Pringle and Cleveland Wallace. I mean, you look at just the... Not only the number of people that are on season-ending IR, but how good all of those players are, and you just can't help but think, what would this team look like if they were fully healthy? Uh, Because you never really got to see it all year. Well, unfortunately, we'll never get to know the answer to that question, but hopefully... Scott McKibben, along with Kurt Bryan, along with everyone else in that front office and evaluation staff is going to be able to put their heads together and figure out which ones can contribute in the future. Because, again, even though he mentioned you know, veterans or players that have played together are the ones that they value moving forward, you also got to imagine that some of the guys on this team this year could certainly add to whatever you have moving forward based on the amount of talent that you just mentioned alone that's on the season-ending IR. And, you know, as far as an example of what McKibben is trying to build along with Kerr Bryan moving ahead, you can only look at the team next up on their schedule as far as the Massachusetts Pirates. They won the IFL championship a year ago, are 9-4-1 and four and one so far this season. They're looking, or 9-4, and four, pardon me, are looking to, you know, get back to the... President's Cup and are looking to, you know, basically run this thing back as far as winning it all. And even even they've they've had some some guys in and out. Their quarterback position has been a little bit in flux. Uh, their current quarterback, Tasmiel Wilson, as he goes by Taz, I believe, who is a pretty cool name. Um, <laughs> he's had the you know he's played there the last four games, but he was in Tucson each of the each of the last two seasons. But just looking at guys like you know Thomas Owens, you're looking at guys on the offensive line that have played both together as well as on the Massachusetts Pirates. You look at players on the defense. It's you look up and down. It's their second season. It's their third season. They've returned after playing in previous years. Like those are the type of players that, although maybe difficult to recruit in the first season for yeah. the Bay Area Panthers, will hopefully be available to them in addition to whatever they choose to bring back from this current group. That's at least the way that I'm looking at it when we approach this weekend and moving forward with the Panthers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this matchup, considering what Scott McKibben just told you, and and great job on the interview, by the way, uh, (laughs) I think, you know, what he said, you know, his last answer was about what he's looking for in these final two games. And he, he said, you know, just the effort from the players and and keeping an eye on guys and seeing who's not quitting, who's going out there with, you know, normal, full energy, who's playing to the whistle, who is still fighting to win these games. And you think about that answer in, you know, the atmosphere of what this Massachusetts roster looks like compared to the Bay Area roster. And you can kind of see what, you know, 
what the mold is. You know, this is a couple of weeks for Bay Area where they're not only hoping to add a win or two to their line this year, but they're thinking about, all right, who do we want back next year? Who is going to be the guys on our roster under their bios next year that says second year with the Panthers, like it says for nearly everyone on the Massachusetts Pirates? If you go to their website, and as you mentioned, you look down their roster, nearly everyone says at least second year with Massachusetts. So who's going to be those guys for the Panthers next year? and beyond because there's certainly talent on this roster you and i know it as well as anyone there is talent here it's just a matter of filling in some of the other gaps in the roster and making it more complete as a whole group so that's what makes these final two weeks really interesting not necessarily for what happens this year now you could we've talked about it the last couple of weeks there's still a lot riding on these final two games for your opponents for Massachusetts and for Tucson, they're both going to be playoff teams, but you could hurt their seeding. You you could really mess things up for them and their postseason hopes by winning one or both of these games. But really what the team is looking at, at least, you know, someone in Scott McKibben's position and, you know, someone in, in Roy Choi's position and even someone like, you know, Kurt Bryan is the head coach of this team. You're looking towards the future as well as much as you're trying to focus on this moment in this specific game you also have an eye on how this how you can use these games to inform decisions you make about the team in the future sure and and of course at this point of the season a lot of panthers fans i'm sure hope that this game specifically would kind of be a barometer for what you're going to be moving forward but based on Number one, the way the last you know four or five weeks have gone, as well as the amount of injuries that they've sustained, I'm interested to see what they're able to take away from this because, and, and Scott mentioned it during the interview, it is a next man up sport, but when you're trying to figure out which pieces to bring back or which pieces fit with both your culture as well as your franchise, you can only go based on sample size. And, and I, I just fear for a lot of guys, talented as they are, there's not a ton of, of sample size for, for the Panthers to work off of. Like a guy who, like DJ Calhoun, maybe somewhat more of a, an easy choice because you're able to take a look at each and every game that he's played 10 plus this year and he goes down towards the end of the season, but he's already given you so much. You know, a guy like Joe Newman, who at the beginning of the season was described as the future of the franchise, you know, I certainly hope that he's back. But if the Panthers decide that in the Three, three starts that he got that he's not necessarily the man for the job, I could also see why that is considered valuable. It, it, it's, just, it's just such a tough place to be in as a talent evaluator because football is an, in of itself is a small sample size sport, but even more so when you have so many injuries, you know, you could even look at the first three starts of Noman, feel underwhelmed, but then also look at the fact that he's got three different starting offensive lines. Like, there's a lot that kind of factors into how you feel about a certain player and the situations that they're placed in. But for me, and I, we, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, which why I was happy to hear Scott talk about it, specifically playing hard these last two weeks. You know, we even talked about coming up with somewhat of a metric system as far as winning plays and losing mm-hmm. plays. And that, to me, is what I am going to be looking for, specifically in this game against Massachusetts, because even though they've had an up-and-down year compared to last, they've had different quarterbacks, they have had some different guys on, in on defense, but they've been mainly you know, sure as far as the important positions are concerned. They've had guys that have had big seasons thus far. Like They are, in a lot of ways, 
the cream of the crop when it comes to the IFL. They're the defending champs. So I want to see who's going to play hard for the Bay Area Panthers against this team this Saturday. Yeah, you mentioned kind of the the roster of Massachusetts, and they made a bunch of roster moves this week. Uh, and, and you kind of talk about a, a team that has obviously a history of success. This is still a relatively new franchise, Massachusetts, especially when you consider how long they've been in the IFL. This is only their second season in the IFL, if you if you can believe it, they won the championship in their first year in this league, but they were in a different indoor arena league before this. They were in the National Arena League uh, for three years, 2018, 2019, and 2020, although they didn't play in, in 2020. They were a member of that league. So, like you mentioned, they have... You know, they've been in this arena before and they've been able to learn about roster building and all those lessons that we talked about, that you talked about with Scott McKibben. They've learned those already, but still impressive for them uh, to win the championship in their first league in this league, which is undoubtedly, you know, a, a, a better, more competitive league than the NAL. The IFL certainly has it beat in that regard. But when you consider their experience, you just look at some of their roster moves, you can see... I'm not sure easier is the right word because it's been earned throughout the years of them putting in the effort, but you can just see how it's it, it's not as difficult for them to sign guys that have more experience. You look at a guy right now who just signed with this team, you know, with two games left in the regular season, Jalen Marshall, a wide receiver who played collegiately at Ohio State, who has NFL experience, who was on a CFL roster, uh, but suddenly, you know, the season's still going on in the CFL, but you but got cut or, or whatever happened, but now he's playing in the IFL with the Massachusetts Pirates. Jalen Marshall, an extremely talented wide receiver. I mean, those kinds of guys go normally to the Arizona Rattlers, but you see Massachusetts now with the championship last year. They're building up kind of the the gravitas of their franchise and their ability to pluck pluck guys out of free agency like that. You don't just get that immediately. Normally, if you're you know your first year in the league, which the Panthers are, they're not going to get guys like that right now. But that's the model. And uh, it's just kind of interesting to see the way that teams change given, you know, their history and how long they've been in the league. So I'm, I'm totally with you in terms of looking for the future in these two games for the Panthers, knowing that that is what you're aiming for, uh, being able to go out and get guys like that. Well, a couple of baseline stats for the Pirates this year, averaging just about 41 points per game, giving up close to 38. They are third in the league in terms of passing, about 155 yards per game, despite having multiple quarterbacks under center. Their defense does get to the quarterback quite a bit, tied for second with 22 sacks, and they are fourth in the IFL with 16 interceptions. But I want to end this on this, Mark. The one area in which Massachusetts could be vulnerable is the one area where the Panthers have demonstrated to at least be serviceable this season, Mm -hmm. and that is in the running game. The Panthers have hovered around kind of the fifth-best rushing attack in the IFL this season, and Massachusetts find themselves towards the bottom of that category. Yeah, I mean, you look at just the raw numbers for Massachusetts on defense. They give up about 91 yards per game on the ground. That's second-worst in the IFL. About five yards per carry, that's dead last in the IFL. So if you're the Panthers, you're licking your chops at the opportunity to run the ball against this team. As you mentioned, the Panthers, 
middle of the pack rushing. They were, I think, as high as fifth a couple of weeks ago. They've dropped down to seventh most recently, about 73 yards per game, just a tick under four yards per carry this year. If you're the Panthers and you want to keep this game close and you want to maybe pull out a win, you're going to have to run the ball well. So... Get ready, Dwayne Gary. I can guarantee you you're going to get more than eight carries this game. You had eight last week against Las Vegas, only 21 yards, but two touchdowns. He also returned a kick for a touchdown. He was good last week, but be ready for a uh, larger workload because I'm sure it's the game plan for the Panthers. If you're going to win this game, you're going to run the ball often and well. So uh, that's just the way that, you know, the the tape, the, the way of the tape, the tail of the tape, that's what it's telling you. It's that uh, it's an exploitable run opportunity for this Panthers offense. Keep an eye out for Dwayne Gary. Keep an eye out, of course, for the two dual threat quarterbacks that the Panthers do have. Out, uh, Vincent Espinoza, as well as Isaac Hurd, who we saw a lot of both last weekend, hopefully can have a couple of breakout performances against a team that, again, is vulnerable against the run, as Mark mentioned, but is also very good and would be a fantastic way to at least try and you know, come back home, get a win, get back on the saddle, and finish out the season strong next Saturday when you finish the season with Tucson. We're going to finish this episode right after. I have. I, I, I want to jump back to Vegas really quick. Can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to like throw off the way you set up this uh, podcast, but I forgot to mention End this. where we started, Mark. I, yeah, good, good call. I forgot to mention this earlier, but there were a couple of familiar names on Vegas that were running the ball for the Nighthawks. Jordan Cronkright, four carries, 14 yards, and a touchdown for Vegas. He was a Panther at the beginning of the season. So congratulations, Jordan Cronkright, landing with Vegas and doing well. And the other one, which really caught me off guard, Evan, Devontae Sapp Lynch. This is a really strange story because Devontae Sapp Lynch, of course, was originally a Panther back in 2020. And, of course, things didn't work out because of COVID. Uh, he opened this year with the San Diego Strike Force and against the Panthers twice played really, really good football, including just a couple of weeks ago when their kicker was hurt. He kicked the ball off, stripped the receiver for the Panthers picked the ball up himself and ran into the end zone. He did it literally all by himself on that play. That was a couple of weeks ago. The Panthers then had a bye, and then this last weekend they play in Vegas. During the bye and before the game in Vegas, San Diego releases Devontae Saplinch and guesses guess who picks him up? Vegas. Just in time for him to play the Panthers again. He's kind of like the Panther killer at this point. He had four carries, only 12 yards, but two of them went for touchdowns. So the Panthers (laughs) have played their co-owner, Marshawn Lynch's younger brother, three times this season with two separate teams. Yes, correct. And he's had great games in all of them. That he has. He has been fantastic, and we hope that the Panthers can put together a fantastic performance because they may need it in order to beat the defending IFL champion, Massachusetts Pirates, this Saturday, July 9th, 6.05 kick. From San Jose at the SAP Center, of course, you can catch all the action right here on 95.7 The Game. That's going to wrap up Episode 17 of the Bay Area Panthers pod. You can go back and listen to all of our episodes on the 95.7 The Game podcast network. For Mark Grandy, you can find him on Twitter, on social media, at Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. Myself, at egiddings 10 My name is Evan Giddings. Also, a big thank you, of course, to Scott McKibben, president of the Panthers, joining us for a full 15 minutes. If for some reason you missed the first time he came on the pod, you can go back and listen to that as well. A lot of knowledge from the top of the Panthers organization all the way on down. 
And we'll be back next week. Of course, before Tucson, we'll wrap up Massachusetts, look ahead, and to the end of the season, only two weeks left. So find a way to get out to SAP Center, barriapanthers.com backslash tickets for yours. And we'll talk to you next week. We appreciate you tuning in, as always, to the Barry Panthers pod. for listening to this episode of the Bay Area Panthers Pod, part of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.